Hey guys, what's good? Hope you're doing well. And welcome to another episode of the Equiplatu Church Youth Fellowship Podcast. Hashtag Youth Vibes. My name is Godfrey Ali, and today we're going to be discussing leadership. And to help me do justice to this topic, I have with me in the studio our very own Benjamin Agaldo. Thank our, you. Our own Nathaniel Nathaniel Bassi. If this is Nathaniel Bassi. That, that's interesting. If you know, you know. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me today. Welcome, welcome, Ben. Good Thank morning. You. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's it's, it's time. Auntie Loko Chingabuayita. Oh, that's please. Let's leave that talk for now. <laughs> okay, let's get straight into it. What does it mean to lead? Well, leadership has so many definitions. So, so many, so many. Um, but I, in my own words, I would say leadership is um, being able to be available for for a group of people, um, for a system, you could say. And what it means being available is being there to serve them. I'm using the word serve. Uh, inverted way of leadership, style of leadership we see now that is accepted as leadership when people lord it over the others. Yes, but the word serve is very key. And when you say serve for a certain purpose that you are able to identify mm. Um, giftings, abilities, resources, and you're able to bring out the best out of these people. For me, that's leadership. When you're able to identify the giftings in people and you're able to harness it and bring the best and help these people to attain to the maximum of the potentials they have, God, the God-given potentials they have in them, you're able to harness it for the benefit of everybody. Yes. Yeah benefit of the system, mm. optimize the system, mm. and that's what leadership is. Mm. You may not be the smartest person, mm. but you're able to aggregate all these, you're able yeah. to, to mobilize these resources and optimize them to the point that you get the best results. Yeah. Thank you. So it's safe to say that you can't be a good leader without empathy, because we're talking of service here. Yes. Mm. Um, I think the, the heart of a leader I was mm. talking to we're talking with a group of friends here mm. and talking about what it means to be, for me, what it means to be a leader. Mm. A good leader, it starts from the, the condition and the state of the heart of mm. the person, mm. the individual. Um, there are so many styles of leadership, but mm. if you look even through scripture mm. and you see leaders, let's use Daniel, is like one of the exceptional leaders you can mm. think of in scripture. Yeah. But his, the condition of his heart was what made him stand, stand out. Mm. Uh, to the point that God says, this is a man after my own heart. Mm. And for me, what it means is that if somebody, the condition of his heart is not so much about him, mm-hmm. but about the, the people he's privileged mm. to lead. I'm using the word privileged. Yes. Because um, there's so many people that could qualify to fill in those positions. Yes. But God in his own infinite wisdom mm. decides to say, okay, at this time, I will mm. have you lead my people. Mm. So for me, condition of the heart of the person reflects in the way he acts over his people, mm. over the people God has interest, entrusted in his hands. Yes. So for me, when you talk about empathy, when you mm. talk about um, 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 showing empathy for people, showing 
willing to serve people. Mm. It's the condition of the heart of the person. Yeah. Until that, you get that right, you cannot be a good leader. Mm. Uh, you may seem to be leading people, uh, but they're just following you because, well, they have no choice. Yes. <laughs> because um, mm. you probably have a big stick in your mm-hmm. hands. If you don't, you would yep. whip mm. them into line. Yeah. So for me, the condition of the heart is very important. Okay. So who are your role models when it comes to leadership? Buhari number one. <laughs> Lai Mohammed number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not use the word. Uh, I don't want to use the... Well, they say it sounds cliche, but mm. I think Christ for me is the perfect, yes. perfect model mm-hmm. of leadership. Mm-hmm. He was available. Mm-hmm. He was there with the people. In fact, he was so so much with the people that they couldn't differentiate him mm. amongst his, his disciples. Mm. He needed one of the disciples to 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 betray him because they couldn't just pick him out. He so well assimilated in them that mm. he stood out. He, he, could, he didn't stand out, actually. Mm. He was more like them mm-hmm. and, and all that. Christ. And then in, <laughs> in contemporary times, there are quite a lot of leaders. Mm. Um, David, for me, is another... Mm. Outstanding leader, outstanding leader. He yeah. led him to battle. Mm-hmm. Him, he, he was in the forefront yes. of the battles. Mm-hmm. He fought with his people. Mm-hmm. He, he, he had pain for them. If I got to a point that his people were willing to do anything because why they knew yeah. that their leader was willing, he could go to any extent for them. Yes. Uh, you, you heard the story where he, where he said, oh, he, he dreamt that he could drink from, um, um, I can't remember this well mm-hmm. now. Some of his men heard that. Mm. How can our leader mm-hmm. desire to do that? And they went <laughs> and fought and bled yes. just to get water for him. Wow. And when they brought the water to him, he said, No, this mm. water is people bled for this. Yeah. But you could see the extent in which these people were willing to go for him because he was with them. Mm. And then some quite classic leaders in, that have lived in our present day time. Um, um, the one I could think of now is. Um, he died some years ago, the leader of Singapore. Mm, yes, um, yes. What's that his name, Seth? Yeah. Um, Lee Kuan Yew. Yeah, what? Lee Kuan Yew. Lee Kuan Yew. Fantastic leader. Yeah. Fantastic leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was exceptional. He was exceptional. There are quite a number of leaders that led in Africa to um, people like um, Thomas Sankara. People mm. don't know so much about them. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, he he was killed brutally. But these mm-hmm. were people who lived for a short time, mm-hmm. but their their leadership qualities were outstanding. And mm-hmm. So there are quite a number of, of leaders here in Nigeria. Um, it's difficult to place your hand and say ah, this, mm-hmm. this particular. But <laughs> but the reality is that mm-hmm. um, we've had a very terrible um, history mm-hmm. in the past. So it's difficult to to point out to one leader mm-hmm. and say this person was something. But we had great leaders, mm. people who, who, who had vision to bring Nigeria to people like Zeke, um, mm. the Zeke of Africa. He was so prominent, they called him yeah. the Zeke of Africa. Mm. Those were people who were selfless, not so much about about them, but about what they could do. Then here on the plateau, we can talk of uh, of um, Joseph Gumwok, mm. fantastic leader too, who was also unfortunately killed in the coup and all that. So, so there are quite a number of leaders that you can point out to. But I'd say Christ is my perfect example. Okay. And the life of Christ on earth, not necessarily even the, yeah, yeah. the way he lived on <laughs> yep, earth. Yep, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So from everything we've talked about thus far, as far as leadership is concerned, can you say we have good leadership in Nigeria right now? For 
those who are currently in leadership is difficult. That's the reality. Mm. It's difficult to point the finger and say, okay, we have good leaders. Because um, if you talk about good leadership, the results should speak for itself. Yes. And unfortunately for us, that's not our, our, our case here. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that we're a country devoid of good leaders. Mm-hmm. We have good leaders. Unfortunately, mm. um, the good leaders don't end up in the position of leadership. Yep. And unfortunately... Again, Why is that, by the way? It's, it's a system. I think part of the challenge we have as a country is our value systems. Mm. What, what are the things that we hold so dearly? What are our value systems? Mm. And the rea- reality today is that if you look at what are the things that are important to Nigerians today, it's how well I am doing, um, affluence, mm. uh, how popular I am, mm-hmm. and all that. Those are the things. Those are the kinds of people... Mm. You hear us drumming their, yeah. their fame, we talk about mm-hmm. them, we celebrate them, we, we do that. And it's all about just the, 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 the fame, the stardom, mm. because we have, in fact, unfortunately it has crept into the church now, that you see everyone wants to become a star, mm. have pastors who are <laughs> star pastors, mm. and they are talked about everywhere. Mm. And you hardly can place and say, okay, this is someone who is sold out to serving people. Mm. So for me, it's, it's, it's difficult um, to say, because the, when, when the people choose to say these are the things that are important to us, mm. it's difficult for those who would do differently to get into power. Mm. Because once you come, you must do certain, meet certain conditions to, to appeal to the people before, unfortunately we're in a democracy, so to appeal to the people enough for them to vote you into power. Mm. But um, until we begin to reevaluate our value systems as a people, then we can we continue to have the kind of leaders that we mm. have. And if we do not do that, then um, we continue in this vicious circle of mm. um, bad leaders end up um, leading us. In fact, I told someone, mm. I said, unfortunately, the reality of our country is that we are being led by the worst of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so for me, that's that's what I think. You kind of answered the next question I was about to ask. Mm. I wanted to ask if the leadership we have is a reflection of the society, the Nigerian society. Is it? Yes, I, to a large extent. <laughs> so, because, I mean, we have a lot of corrupt leaders, yeah. selfish leaders. So, is that what you have you see, in the society majorly? You see, a, a lot, I say it's a value system. Mm. And when I say this, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not excluding myself from, mm. from that. Exactly. Because I ask myself what are the important things. And it helps me to constantly reevaluate what my motives mm. are, why I do the things I do, and all that. Because if it's about the fame, the money, the, this thing, mm-hmm. then I know that. Because the reality is that everyone likes good things. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to have money? Who wouldn't <laughs> like want exactly. to have fame? Mm-hmm. But Power. The question is that at what cost? Yes. You understand? And what do you give mm. to attain that kind of thing mm. um, and reality is this that for for money or for fame or for wealth mm. you must be adding some kind of value that's that's the way the order is supposed to be mm. that if you add value then wealth comes to you um, affluence comes wealth comes to you but you see we put the cart before the horse we mm. we we, add, we hustle for fame without adding any value you understand? Yes. Um, the big names we talk about today, the most wealthy people on earth today, they didn't go out, they didn't set out looking out for, for, for wealth. Mm. They set out to 
meet needs mm. to all that. So, but you have a country when people want to just hit it rich without necessarily doing mm. anything. Um, so we have a lot of scammers. I, I'm, I'm painting this picture. It, it, it pains me a lot, mm. but it doesn't mean that that's the, that's the complete story of a country mm. called Nigeria. Yeah. There are, in fact, I believe, I strongly believe that there are more good people in Nigeria than there are bad people mm. in Nigeria. But gradually, we allow the few mm. to influencing the multitude. Mm. Uh, why? Because they are louder, they are more aggressive in their... Mm-hmm. And they have no apologies to anyone. They can't mm-hmm. go to any extent. To yeah. And then we don't celebrate the few who are good. Why? Because those are, they are more, more, more passive, they are mm. quiet, they are not out there, they are not pushing their agenda. Mm. And I think we need to change that narrative. That we need to deliberately celebrate goodness. Mm. We need to deliberately celebrate humility. We mm. need to celebrate people who are adding value daily and doing great and mighty things. Mm. You don't hear of the, the breakthroughs that Nigerians make. You may do a breakthrough mm. and you won't hear anything. But mm. BB, Nigeria, I have nothing wrong about, uh, about but the, mm. the big brother Nigeria mm. thing. Uh, bring a, young, a group of young people in a place. And so famous, people talk about mm-hmm. it for months after mm-hmm. it, who won and what. And you keep asking, what is the value that these people are? Exactly. Um, I saw a placard of a university that was awarding, a bank was awarding the best graduating student <laughs> mm. of a university. And they came with this big, they wrote a check and they printed this big mm-hmm. banner. You know, how small money. Bank. <laughs> it was 10,000 naira. I thought it was small money. Yeah. Mm. And I asked the question, how much did it cost to even print that big check? <laughs> like you're awarding that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. So you see that kind of thing. Other places we should celebrate this kind of people. If mm. someone comes with an innovation, mm. it is national news. It is mm. celebrated. If someone does a thing of heroism or a hero or something who saved a life or two, it is celebrated. It mm-hmm. is on national news, yeah. on national TV. But you see, for me, that's what, when you talk about mm. value systems, it's like, kinds of things that that come to mind for me okay so i think you've kind of answered also this is the next question i was about to ask what we need to do as a nation to produce good leaders but i think you've you've kind of covered that too yeah so what's the role of the church in providing good leadership for nigeria i would start by saying that the only hope for nigeria is the church Mm. that's that's I can take you to scripture. Mm. Uh, the scripture says you are the salt and the light of the world. Yeah. Um, um, it says who, who, who lights a candle and puts it on their bush. Mm-hmm. It says you put it on the, on the lampstand mm-hmm. and shines and, and everyone sees it. Yeah. The Bible also says let your light so shine before men mm. that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Mm. So, and it's also said that darkness is, is, is not, it's, it's an absence of light. That's it. Yep. So for me, the, without the church, Nigeria will continue to, to go down in a dark hole. Mm. And it will get to a point that will be irredeemable. But thank God that there's what we call a church. Uh, unfortunately, it's like the church has not really understood mm. its purpose. Um, I remember some years ago when Billy Akani came to this, during one of our yeah. transformation, transformation and yeah. he, talk, mm. he preached about salt in a sachet. Exactly. Says, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you have salt in a sachet, no matter what you do, it is useless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add taste to anything. Yes. Mm. 
the only point that salt begins to add taste and value is that when you take a pinch of that salt mm-hmm. and apply it, it yeah, yeah, apply it in, 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 in the soup. Mm-hmm. And the soup here is the nation. Right? Yeah. But I think we have built so much walls amongst ourselves. Unfortunately, we have discipled our people to be effective choir members, mm. band members, <laughs> ushers, mm. um, uh, effective church workers, yeah. and very ineffective out there in the society. society. Unfortunately, we, we, we meet probably how many times in a week? Probably will meet once or twice in a week yeah. as a congregation, yeah. midweek on Wednesday, mm. and the Sunday service twice a week, and then Bible study on Tuesday in our zones and all that. Mm. So you, you can see how we limit ourselves. And unfortunately, some other churches have felt that they've gone further than say, and they plan programs throughout the week so they mm. keep their members away from the society so that they can yeah. seen. So that <laughs> but God did not mm. create us for four walls of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was about that, then immediately we give our life to Christ. Christ would have just um, taken us into heaven. Yeah. Well, if you understand the purpose for why God created man in the first place, he created, he made the whole earth, mm-hmm. created form, created everything, created order, and lastly he created man. He mm-hmm. said, give man dominion over this, the system called the earth. Mm-hmm. And man was doing fantastically well handling everything in the systems until the fall of man. So the coming of Christ, he says, the, is to restore man. And when you say you are restoring something, it's like you drop it, something from a table. If you want to restore that, you take it back and put it on that table. Yeah. So I believe that God's plan is to take man to that point where, where his children truly have dominion over the earth, not over themselves. Because, you know, when you say dominion, sometimes we think, ah, oh, we need to go and conquer this group of people or that group of people, but over the earth. And then we bring as many into as we fall. So the church for me is, is the hope of this nation. Unfortunately, we have not understood that. So the church is gradually becoming like our nation. Mm. And I say that with a lot of pain. Um, because if you look out, it can, can our government systems, do they have anything to learn from the church? It's difficult to say that. Mm. Okay, there is, can we see true servant leadership in the church? Or are we seeing men who have exalted themselves so high that they are unreachable? Yeah. They have become them small gods, mm-hmm. even within the world system, and they call themselves. Well, unfortunately, that is it. I cannot question them. Yeah, we have authority from heaven mm. to do. God mm-hmm. has given us this authority. So we keep lording it over. Yeah. So unfortunately, the church itself has not modeled what good leadership should be like and all that. And if they try to, then they claim, ah, we've done this, we've built schools, we've done this, we've done this. But mm. it's just a painful thing to look back at. But then the church needs to get back to understanding what's God's purpose, what God's purpose is for the earth. And why God has placed the church here on earth and begin to live to fulfill that mandate that God has put on earth. Unfortunately, there are things that God has put man to do that he would not come down from heaven to do. Yeah. I give an example. Um, a lot of things we talk about, we say, ah, we need to pray, we need to pray more, pray more. Yeah. I have nothing against prayer. In fact, mm. prayer is, is, 
is that which spurs us into action. Yes. If you do not pray, you wouldn't know how to act. Yeah. So, f- for instance, if we have a heap of trash, let's say, outside our gate in church mm-hmm. here, and every day we pass and the bad smell creates us, mm-hmm. and we say, ah, it's, bad. it's not supposed to be here. We need to pray. Let's there, pray. <laughs> we can pray and fast mm-hmm. from now till mm-hmm. eternity. That trash will continue to be there. To remain there. The only thing that will take that trash out of that place is we get up and look for shovels, mm-hmm. for action. trash bins, and begin to act on it. Yeah. Specific action to begin to bring that change. So there's, there are a lot of things that we, we proclaim to pray to God to come and do mm-hmm. concerning our nation that will never change until we begin to act as a church. If we do not act, it will continue. The decay will continue. And we have seen it happen. Yeah. Why? Because the church has taken a back seat. Unfortunately, now the church is gradually even joining their current um, systems in this nation. It's unfortunate. But I hope that we, we find, get our acts back together, understand what God has called us to, and begin to do differently. Okay. So if um, darkness is the absence of light, and Nigeria, as far as I am concerned, is immersed in darkness right now, is it safe to say that Christians are not shining their light? Christians. Because some, some Christians don't like to hear that. You know, we say Nigeria, you know, if there was no Christianity, Nigeria would have disintegrated and all of that. But Nigeria seems, dis- it, it seems like a failed structure already. So is it safe to say that Christians are not shining their light right now? See, our problem as, uh, as a nation, it's is so deeply rooted that sometimes we do not even know the difference from that's even amongst Christians, mm. difference between what is acceptable, what is wrong, what is right. Um, the lines seem to be getting more blood and blood as mm. what is wrong and what is right, yeah. what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what is um, um, ethical to do or what is not ethical mm. to do. So the lines, and thank God for the Bible study that we are going through now. Yeah. Honesty, morality, and conscience. It yeah. talks about ethics, what is acceptable, and all that. I just wish that we really, really digest that study and begin to act because it's not just about, about the study. So, to a large extent, I'll say that um, we are all lights as Christians, but lights hidden under a bushel. Yes. Nobody is engaging. Mm. And the only way you can shine your light is to engage exactly. in, in the darkness. Mm-hmm. So we, we sit down there. Mm-hmm. When it comes to election, like, well, we know that uh, anybody, mm. anybody will end up winning this mm-hmm. election. Whatever <laughs> we do, they will put mm. whoever they want. Mm. But nobody is standing and saying, this, this is what we, we, we need to stand for. Yeah. We've been battling the issue of insurgency and all that. And all that we have heard from the church are statements. Mm. Uh, this church leader comes out and say we give this statement. This church leader comes and gives that statement. Mm-hmm. And no, no action from the church. They just condemn. Yeah, we, we condemn. condemn. <laughs> uh, we write the statement. They yeah. kill people. Mm. Our experience on the plateau, they kill people in, mm. in, in Barking Ladio, mm. in, Basa. in Basa, or in, in, in Just North or somewhere. And no, the church is mute. All the best we can do is write a statement, mm. a press statement. Mm. Anybody can do that. Exactly. Can do that. Mm-hmm. What action is the church taking? Can we, has the church ever said that for this, on the plateau, for the killing of one person mm-hmm. here, 
this Sunday, no church is going to hold a service. Mm. We are all going to converge as a people and see this must stop. Yes. Our government, we cannot tolerate this anymore. And we gather ourselves and say, there's no church that's going to hold any service. We're going to gather ourselves and demand from our leaders that they stop this. Because that's why we voted them in. Exactly. Things like this should not happen where it has happened over and over and over and over and over again. Let me tell you, in some countries, if one person is killed yep. unjustly, mm-hmm. the whole nation yes. stands still. Everything stops. Everything stops. You hear on international news mm-hmm. talking about it everywhere. But here we've had people killed in their sleep, in their hundreds, and nothing happens. And yet the church sits down and we dress up beautifully and we come on Sundays and we sing beautiful songs, raise holy hands, and nothing is done. Until we begin to demand for justice, demand for justice from those who lead us, then we ourselves will continue to become victims. In fact, we'll just keep waiting. Who is the next victim? So that light we are talking about, light has to be, light is not, it's not, it's not hidden. It, it has to go out there. It needs to engage darkness. It needs to engage that. And you see the beautiful thing about light is and what how little it is. Mm-hmm. Once it gets into darkness, it stands out. Yep, it illuminates. Yes, mm-hmm. it stands out. You cannot but see it. Yep. No matter how thick the darkness mm-hmm. is, just bring a little light there. Yeah. You go pick it out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are there in the falls of our churches, build beautiful churches, sing beautifully, hear good messages, and yet we go out there and there's no difference. It's mm-hmm. like immediately we leave the falls of the church we just become the world itself. So for me, I believe that we are actually light, but we are light that is, is hidden. We need to engage. We need to be dormant. Engaged. Yeah, we are dormant. We are, we are not just there. Mm. And darkness will continue to thrive until we begin to engage actively and taking concrete steps and say we demand from ourselves first because um, when you're talking about justice and same Bible says, see, um, um, I've shown you, old man, what is right to do, to live justly and to act. You understand? So in showing for justice and, and all that, we need to demand it from ourselves first. Yeah. That how am I a man of justice? And justice sometimes is about actions and inactions. That if you see wrong and you refuse to act or refuse to speak against it, then you, are self, you yourself are guilty of, exactly. of, of, yeah. um, of injustice. So for me, we demand of ourselves first, then we can demand of, of our, those who lead us outside there to, to begin to act justly. Yeah. Thank you. Now let's talk young people in governance. Are you satisfied with the number of young people in leadership positions as far as governance in Nigeria is concerned? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. And um, it's, it's painful. If you look at the history of Nigeria, um, the first, in fact, what brought about the independence of Nigeria was spearheaded by the young people. There was, there was yes. what was called the, 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 I think it was called the, the African Youth Charter. That was written, I think, very early, just after the amalgamation. Mm. They were, I think, in the 40s or something, um, when young people in Nigeria started 
bringing themselves together. You know, there were a lot of riots that happened mm. in colonial times. The Abba women's um, riots that they killed quite a number of people. Yeah. Killed people also in Enugu, the coal mines, and all those, those, those killings that happened then. So young people started coming together and said, no, we, we have to demand for, for something different. Mm. And they came up with this charter, they called the African Youth Charter, that started the push towards the independence of Nigeria. Um, and those young people were undergraduates. Some of them were very young. We had very few universities. And some of them just were, were just starting their education and all that. So they came together and pushed and pushed. So we got to the point of the independence in the 50s, late 50s, and then finally got independence in, in, in 1960. Um, it was spearheaded by young people. Um, after the independence, most of the people were relatively young, who were leaders at that time. Then we had a group of young, even when the military came up, after the coup started, most yeah. of the young, they were young, they were young people. We talk of um, General Gowon, he was mm. very young. Yeah. Um, Gomuok was equally very young. Um, we had very young captains, there were captains in the military and they became governors and, and all that. So all, all those, and some of them did exceptionally well. Like Gumwok, up to today, Nigeria, a plateau state has not recovered from, from the visionary leadership of someone like Joseph Gumwok. He was exceptional. He was exceptional. Some of the solid things that plateau state still holds on to today were the visions of someone like Joseph Gumwok. Yeah. Even our recent leaders, people like... Um, um, David Jonah David Jan. Mm. He was the governor at a very young age, yes. literally, and all that. So we had a group of very young people who were exceptional in leadership. Unfortunately, the, some of these people are still <laughs> in the system today. Yes, um, they're still actively in the system, yeah. determining who leads and mm. who doesn't lead. Unfortunately, I don't blame them. Um, I blame the young people. Why? Because Nigeria is a country of mostly young people, mostly young people. If you take the statistics and say, let's do a statistics of 35 down, we're probably talking about over 70% of the Nigerian mm. population. Yeah. If you take it up to 40, you can imagine how, how, what the percentages will be getting. So we have the power in our hands, and yet we, are, we seem to let other people um, use that power. But most recently, we tried uh, to protest the NSAS protest that ended very brutally. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> Many people now, young people, are scared to go out. Parents will not even allow their young ones to go out. For, for every movement, we will be deceiving ourselves that if that lives will not, will not be laid down mm. for you to achieve certain things. Um, there is no movement, no revolution anywhere in the world has happened yeah. that people have not paid with lives. Um, even the salvation we enjoy today yes. was paid with a life. life. Um, so whether we like it or not, it's just until we tell ourselves that I am willing to die for this cause yeah. and it's not about me, but I am thinking of generations to come. Until we, we get to that point, fear has never liberated any people. Yeah. Uh, we need to be bold enough to say we'll continue to 
to demand. I see the strategy of 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 dictators is that they instill fear, fear. and all sorts of draconian laws and to to instill that fear in people. But the reality is that for me the answer this was an eye opener. And yep. Italy it sent a lot of fear in in the establishment. Mm-hmm. Because they knew that these young people, if they can get their acts together, mm-hmm. we will never take them for a ride again. And it showed even the young people started seeing glimpses of what we could achieve. Yeah. And all that. But fortunately we are still very very passive. We are still very we have this love for our lives, love for ourselves, love for a comfort zone. It's not better. Let's just let's be managing like this uh, inflation. Let's just mm, keep managing. Yeah. It's better than for us to go there. But until we tell ourselves that we will not take this anymore, and we carve up what kind of nation do we want as a, as, as as a generation of young people, and we tell ourselves this is the kind of nation we want and demand for it and stand for it. We have the numbers. Mm-hmm. We have the energy. We have the brains. We have, in fact, Nigeria today, I can boldly tell you, what is keeping Nigeria today is the young people of Nigeria. If you talk of innovation, go to the banks. And say, mm-hmm. Who are those who are doing all the work? They're young so, people. Young people. Mm-hmm. Private sector is mainly driven. Young people. Young people. Mm-hmm. All the, the big names, entertainment, and tech. all that tech, services, sector, everything you mm-hmm. can think of is mainly driven by the young people. Yeah. Young people. So until we tell ourselves that we must decide what kind of nation we have and begin to engage actively. Actively, And I'm not the proponent of violence or anything, but when you take a stand, when you take a stand and, and stand firm, that is when you begin to see results. But if you keep, once you take a step and you see the small resistance and you go back and you think that things will change, they will never change. Mm. We will continue like this in the next 50 years. So why do you think the old folks have refused to hand power down to the younger generation? Because we let them. For me, that's the simple thing. Because we let them. And, and I'm not saying this, that we need to go and forcefully take it. No. That's how he's looking. Sorry? That's how he's looking. They are not hearing what. Yes, they, are, they, they may not be hearing what. But you see, how many of us are actively involved in the political system? We, we let them lead us. You understand? Yeah. How many of us are actively involved in the political system? Today, mm. I can guarantee you, if the young people in Nigeria actively get into... Look, this, I can give an example recently. The, the ruling party in Nigeria mm. is going through this shaking, and it is spearheaded by the young people mm. in that same party. The young people got up and said, no, we have had a, a chairman of this party that has been there illegally. And the constitution of our country and the, and the party itself doesn't allow this person. We say no. I know, interestingly, the young person that is spearheading that, in fact, he has named himself as the, the new chairman of the, of the party. And he has set the, set the date for the, for the national convention of the party wow. and all that. Interestingly, it interests you to know that he was my classmate in primary school. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> That's a sign. Yes, he was my classmate <laughs> in primary school. Well, I, He's been actively involved in, in this work. And until we begin to say no, I can guarantee you that these people will continue to take us for a ride. And now the party is beginning to, 
think, okay, these people are serious so until so we must actively engage, we must actively mobilize. And when I say mobilize, we must actively talk to ourselves. How many of us have PVCs? Mm-hmm. How many of us have voted? I have voted every election since I turned 18. Wow. Every election. I have voted. So we must get membership in all these parties. We must get registered. We must actively vote. So I vote even when I know that this thing. But so you can imagine every young person says, yes. I, will get, I will get involved. I will register with a political party. I would, I would um, vote when it comes to voting. And I will get actively involved, be involved in the processes within even the political parties. Then we will begin to see the change. But because we have played, we have become tools in the hands of these people. Mm. Anytime they need people to go on the streets, to yes. to come and then mm. give out some peanuts and we keep, we keep moving. So we must, beyond getting political power, we must demand for certain things in our nation. The right to education. We must demand for it. It is not, it is a right. The right yes. to existence, to mm-hmm. To, to security, it is. If you read our constitution, the preambles of the constitution, it tells you what the right, what the responsibility of government to its people is. So until we begin to demand those things for our people, and you see, some we can be comfortable, and other people are suffering. I know that's the the thing with Nigeria. We, if someone is suffering and you are comfortable, you say it's, it's that person's problem. Yeah. But until we begin to know that, until everyone is striving. Nobody is striving. Exactly. If one is, is down, we are all down. Yeah. Until we begin to tell ourselves that until we are all on the same page, all striving, then nobody is striving. Then we continue to just accept whatever comes from our leaders. So now do you, do you believe that young people are ready for leadership in Nigeria? When you talk of leaders, young leaders... They mentioned Desmond Elliott, Yahya Bello, <laughs> and the likes, you know, to tell us that you guys are not ripe yet. But what do you think? you think young people are ready? I would say yes, and I'll also say no. I'll say yes in this sense, because we've had young people who have proved themselves. Mm. Um, look at the private sector in Nigeria, mm. mostly young people driven, successful companies left, right, and center. The banks, go to the banks today. Most of the managers, branch managers, mm. are people in their 30s. Mm. And they are doing exceptionally well. They are churning in billions for their companies and their banks and all this. Companies, if you talk of um, technology today, we're in the, the, the technology era today. It's mostly driven by young people. Most of the breakthroughs driven by young people. and all. So private sector... It's mostly driven by young people. Mostly driven. So I think young people have proved themselves that they can, they can do a lot. Even startups, you think of some of the startups in this nation today, started by young people, Congas of today, there's this very successful startup that is doing well now, you lessons now, mm. that young person. Um, so I think it's the same person that started Conga that sold Conga and started. Okay. Lessons. Yeah. So there are a lot of companies like that that young people have proved themselves. Exceptionally well, they are doing so well in those areas. Um, political, why I say no is that in political scene, we seem to be taking the back seat. Why? Because we have not engaged. 
and we have not truly understood the play of the game. Why? Because we have not, we've not been part of the game. So we allow these people who have led us from the 70s to this point to still keep leading us today. Um, I can't understand why someone who led in 1980, something, 84, 85, still be leading us. Exactly. 2021. 20, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. No. It <laughs> At all. Absolutely mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. So, but because the young people have, in the political arena, we have, um, we have not engaged, we have not been part of it, we have not understood the play, we have not taken advantage of our strengths and our numbers and our ingenuity and our intelligence and our everything that we can think of. Um, I would say, on that sense, we have, we have fared badly. So uh, that's why I say yes or no. But I can guarantee you that if, you, if young people get into leadership, they will do well. Unfortunately, mm. I made mention of a few people who um, are currently in, in leadership and all that. Unfortunately, these people were discipled by those who still lead us today. And yes. if you disciple and you bring somebody into the mm-hmm. field, how the person behaves and all that. So they are a bad example for what yeah. young, young leaders should be. But we've had also fairly good examples. We have... Um, Governor for your state. He's doing well. Yes, yes, yeah. He's doing well for himself. He did well in the private sector, now doing well as as a, as a governor in the state. And so you you can say yes or no. Yeah. Uh, the same thing even amongst the old people. Exactly. You have the ones who are doing well and the ones who are not doing so well. So whether you like it or not, it's on both sides. You would have both the good and the bad on yeah. both sides. And just to make the point here that for me, leadership in our country, if young people think that we can do it all by ourselves, it's a wrong approach. Yeah. And the reason why we should demand that we should be voted into power, not just because we are young, but that because we have value that we're going to add. Mm. Um, we, we still need the experience of, of the old in guiding the young people. But that approach, I say, ah, vote for us because mm. we are young. Mm. Ah, vote for me because I am young. It's not enough reason. No. Even if you ask me as a young person, I should vote you because you are young. I'd ask you, that's not enough reason for me to, to vote you into government. Yeah. But what value, what, what value I bring? If I see that you are bringing value, then I'll be willing to, to give you my vote. So I think I'll say yes or no, we're ready um, because we have proved ourselves in other areas. And even in political sense, some areas we have, some other areas we have failed hopefully. And I think another good example is the organization of the NSAS protest. Yeah, fantastic. It was very brilliant. Was they looked for the head of the snake. Yeah. They, they didn't find it. They yeah. couldn't find it. Yeah. You know, a lot of things happened, um, should I say sporadically or uh, abruptly. You know, it was, it was not planned. Yeah. You know, all the attacks that we didn't foresee and all of that. And yet, people were able to, to gather themselves together yeah. Um, and, and bring forth solutions yeah. to you know, um, you had young lawyers yes. going to police stations, risking yeah. their lives yeah. to bail fellow young people. It was yeah. awesome to actually yeah. watch. You know, many of them became so famous online yes. on Twitter, especially. Yes. You know, so it was. It gave me a lot of hope. Yeah, that's a lot of hope. In fact, mm. what what that showed is that the organizational capacity mm. of our young people is fantastic. Yeah. In fact, they had security at the at the venue. 
the toll gate. Yeah. There are people who were handling security. There are people who were handling sanitation. Mm. There are people. In fact, it was so organized. They they mobilized funds. Mm-hmm. Short time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They the funds. Mm-hmm. Fairly even. Nobody they couldn't <laughs> accuse anybody. Say, ah, this no. person was misusing our funds. And no. all. So it showed a lot of organization. And they cleaned the environment. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they had cleaners, mm-hmm. not just litter and mm-hmm. all that. They were cleaning. Wow. And, and the organization was fantastic. Even in just our experience yeah. here in just doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Organized themselves. There were mm-hmm. people who were. I say sponsored by this thing to come and cause yes, chaos yes, at, the events, mm-hmm. at the venue, but somehow we're able to douse mm-hmm, those tensions mm-hmm. and get them calm without getting violent. Without getting violent, mm-hmm. then the prayer work that was organized. Yes, in just, in just mm-hmm. fantastic. It was awesome. The whole country was moved. It was in mm-hmm. fact just had the biggest prayer work. Yeah, and if you see the person that started that thing, very unassuming. We wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But it, so it showed that if we as young people decide to say we are going to do better. I can guarantee you that we have everything God-given abilities yeah. to take this nation to become the first world nation in the shortest possible time. Amen. So how do we groom more of such leaders among the young generation? We're talking about the NSAS protest and all of that. You know, so How do we groom more of such leaders? You see, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, engagement with young people. Mm. I'll use the word, we need to disciple. And I don't want us to look at it so much like as a very spiritual. You know, when you say disciple, people start thinking, I bring people <laughs> Bible study uh, and all that. But when I use the, use the word discipling, we need to begin to disciple people for political office. Yes. Deliberately. That we, we develop a discipleship manual mm. that gives you the word of God and endows you with, 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 with every knowledge from, from our Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And then you are filled with the Spirit of God. And then gives you every understanding of politics, mm-hmm. of governance, of how to run systems, how to run organizations. That, that, that kind of discipleship, that deliberately, mm-hmm. you say, okay, we are discipling people for parliament. Yes. We're discipling the next members of House of Assembly. We're discipling the next members of House of Reps. We're discipling the next members of the Senate. And we understand the workings of these organs of government. We're discipling people to become commissioners. We're discipling people to become governors. We're discipling the next president of Nigeria. Mm. Until we begin to be that deliberate as a church, as a people, and as young people, then we will have people who end up stumbling into leadership. They stumble into leadership, and then we can even hold them accountable. Why? Because we did not add anything or help them in any way to get into that place. But if we are discipling people and we are raising resources and we say, okay, I want to disciple two members of House of Assembly mm. within the next four years. Yeah. And as we are doing that discipleship, we are strategizing. How do we get them into that office? We are raising funds. We are mobilizing. We are engaging. And then we prepare them for office. And they get into office and we are connecting with them daily. I say, what are the things you are pushing? What are the things we are... What is the agenda? You know, we say, ah, there's this Islamic agenda. Mm. <laughs> what is our own agenda? Exactly. So until we begin to do that, and 
the beautiful thing is that our own agenda is for the good of man. Yes. You see, Jesus Christ didn't come to die for Christians. No. He came to die for humanity. All humanity. Yes. So whatever we are doing, we are not just doing for the church. Mm-mm. We are doing for the betterment of this nation. So until we begin, we are, until we are that deliberate, we are that. It, it will take a lot of hands-on, dirty work. It mm. will take a lot of being actively engaged in doing the work. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. So it means that we're bringing people with so many experiences. Yeah. and They have the resources in church. I say, how do we disciple these people? I say, we're discipling the next chief of army staff. Mm. We're discipling the next police IG. Those are the things that we should be thinking. And until we do that, then we begin to we will continue to play second fiddle as a people, as young people and as a church. So for me, that, that is what it takes. It's discipling. And I'm using, that's why I'm trying to explain what it means for me, the discipling. It's not just discipling to be a good Bible study leader, to become a good prayer. <laughs> to what end? Do you get? Yeah. To what end? Mm-hmm. What, what are you reading? What are you learning from the Bible? Mm. What are you praying for? Are we pray? I see. For me, that's that's the thing. Sometimes we come for prayer and we hear the way people pray. What are we praying for? That breakthrough. That this thing. Mm. There are certain things that if we're able to do, look, there are, there are nations who do not know God, but they exactly. have the best systems mm-hmm. now. So, but because they understand certain things, mm-hmm. but we should even be in a better position. We know God. Mm-hmm. All we need to do is to understand these principles and begin to apply mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. That it works better for us. Then we begin to enjoy the heaven. So looking at Christ goes to enjoy even before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, so it's possible. So looking at Nigeria right now, most people, a lot of people are depressed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people seem hopeless. You know, we, we just heard about the well, the increase, potential increase in um, fuel price next year. Mm-hmm. And all of that. You know, people are going through a very, very difficult time. Yeah. And then next year is supposed to be our election year. Mm. You know, when we t- uh, try to look who are the candidates, mm. who is running for president. A lot of people are very pessimistic, mm. you know. So when you look at everything, you know, the, the atmosphere, the mood in Nigeria right now, are you hopeful that this country can produce um, good leaders, not just next year, but just generally? Because the whole society, you know, we, we're, there's this poor man mentality, like mm-hmm. I would say. People are impoverished. People are struggling. So when people look for power and position, it's not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to fill up their bellies and take care of their families and all of that. And that's what has been happening. That's what's happening right now. So even some of the um, uh, people aspiring for all these positions, that's just their drive. Mm-hmm. So are you optimistic? That out of all these ashes, out of all this pain, that good leaders will be produced in this country. I won't use the word optimistic. I'm hopeful. Okay. <laughs> I'm hopeful that <laughs> our suffering yeah. will give us more sense. Mm. You understand? Mm. I'm using the word, um, you know, the way we carve out before we say it. We get sense. Mm. That the suffering that we have been through in the past few years, enable us to begin to think alight. Mm. And um, earlier I talked about value system and all that. We must begin to ask ourselves what kind of leaders do we want. Um, you see, I think 
God allowed us to go through the experience we've gone through the past few years for a purpose mm. to to show us that um, the reasons why we want certain leaders mm. are so whacked. When we talked about so at least we know that he's not the savior no he's not the destiny we must begin to ask ourselves what kind of leaders do we want that's why i say I, i'm hopeful I'm hopeful that um, um we have learned lessons yes um we have we have gone through an experience that has helped us to begin to reevaluate and ask ourselves who should we vote next time mm. why should we vote this person mm. what should we expect from this person how are we going to demand that this person does a b c and d yeah. those are the questions we should begin to ask that when we even begin to engage with these people because they would come canvassing for our votes should begin to ask them hard questions should begin to ask them the right questions because you can keep asking questions and keep asking the wrong questions you must begin to identify what are the right questions to ask and begin to ask the right, right questions so looking at 2023 um as i said i'm hopeful but i am not sure mm. that we are going to get the results that we desire I, I, I doubt if we'll get the results. We may begin um, certain processes to help us to get the but um, the reality is that um, the people in government have they work so hard to remain there, mm. to remain relevant. You hear governors as they are finishing their eight year Senate. Yeah, looking at to go to the Senate, so they they can beat you up and beat you up and beat you up. Once it's getting to their time, they still start to do projects in their, their own mm-hmm. senatorial <laughs> zone yeah. so that when the time comes, they can get the votes mm. of their senatorial zone and, and all that. So for, for me, we also need to be smart. Mm. And we begin to enlighten ourselves, enlighten the people, talk to ourselves, mm. ask ourselves, what, what kind of leadership do we want? who are the kinds of people we should be looking at what are the kind of questions we should be asking them what should we expect them to do and and all that and begin to strategize when they are in government how should we engage with these people you understand so for me those are the kinds of things that we must begin to to ask ourselves and begin to work towards but um 2023 i'm only hopeful that we have learned lessons and we begin to ask ourselves certain questions but going forward yeah i i believe that nigeria is going to 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 awaken uh, Amen. the nigerian people mm. we are going to we are, we are we will get to that point that we'll say enough is enough mm. and we are gradually getting there but but we must begin to look into the future now and begin to strategize so even the strategies saying how do we begin to develop good leaders we must begin it now mm. so that in the future we can say we can vouch that this person or this person and this person this person can feel in this position he can do this we can support this person so to begin to do a b and c for us in the future okay so final thoughts what would you want um we've said so much so far so what would you want to stick to our listeners what would you want to leave with them as far as leadership is concerned well um 
I think we have a responsibility um, as followers. Um, I tell people you can only be a good leader if you're a good follower. Yeah. Yeah. So as as followers, and what it means to be a good follower is that you must begin to demand for good leadership. Uh, we must know for for we must understand that we have so much that God has put in us as mm. as people, as followers, that leaders are not there for themselves. And those are some of the demands we must begin to lay on those who lead us. That you're not there for yourself. You are there to serve the generality of the people that you are leading. And we must we must disabuse our minds from thinking that these leaders are some kind of privileged group of people mm. that we must follow them every day, um, cap in hand, begging them for, for, for things that we have voted them or we have elected them to Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we must begin to demand from our leaders that they must act rightly. And when I'm saying from our leaders, I mean at all levels. Yes. All levels. Mm-hmm. From your small circle, mm-hmm. don't just allow anybody who is leading you to just, just do as he pleases and yeah. get away with it. That if someone is doing wrong, that's the way we begin to build the good leaders for mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. That we have a responsibility to demand for good leadership from at all levels. In church, in your homes, in your small groups, in your at yeah. workplace, your small office space. And then before even it gets to even people who are who have elective office. So until we understand that we have that power, it's a God given power that we must hold our leaders to account. We must hold our leaders to account. So do not hold them to account. Then they will do as they please and get away with it. Exactly. So that's my desire. That we begin to realize that, look, we have the powers to demand for good leadership from our people. I give a, a perfect example. In my nuclear family, my, my father, the way we were raised, everybody had a voice. If you felt something was not right, you could ask questions. But you do it respectfully. Yes. And all that. But then they lead, you, that's where you see good model of leadership. Mm. And yet, my dad will listen to you and say, okay, you are wrong in this, or give you an explanation mm. and all that. And if he demanded apology, he was willing to apologize where he went wrong. So if as a child, I could ask my dad questions and he, I would get an explanation, how much more anyway? And I think even God himself. Mm. The Bible says, in, I think it's in, um, I can't remember the passage of scripture. Right there. It, says, it says, come, let us reason together. It says, though your sins mm. as, listen, shall be white as snow. Yeah. See, that's God himself. He yes. says, though your sins are, say, come, let us reason together. Yes. So it, it's not, he, God didn't call us to, you know, just uh, come and blind following. Yeah. God gave us every reason. He showed us every model of leadership even through the life of Christ. Mm. So I think we have a responsibility to demand from leadership and we must understand that we have that power to demand from leadership mm. to do right and to hold them to account. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Uncle Ben Agaldo, for coming on. So when are we expecting your poster? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say you've been voting since you were 18. Ah, it's time now. When, let's when let's the, vote for you too. When, when the time comes, <laughs> you will see. <laughs> thank you thank, so much. Thank you for having mm, me. Hope you'll come back when next we call. I'm very, very, very right. much willing to come.
Thank you so much. Thank it you. was really, really rich. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank All you. right. So. Youth Vibes is produced by me, Ernest Nanpon, in collaboration with Ecoplatu Church Youth Fellowship. Special thanks to Nkami Iwara, Dalipa Gwari, Daniel Sule, and Basho Adamu. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. That's it for this episode. We'll see you right here next week.